Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. We're back, Rage Nation. We got something a little different this time. We got Pete back again, but this time I went out to the Midwest and I got myself a good old Kansas boy. Got my buddy, longtime friend, Eric Prohaska on with us to talk. We're going we're gonna to talk about X-Wing because I've been loving 2.0 and Eric's the one kind of started trying to inch me that way. And I think I'm there. So Eric, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing again, Ben? Uh, long, long time no see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were supposed to see each other in December when uh, I was supposed to go back out to Kansas for Christmas, but good old COVID, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Reckon, reckon home since uh, 2020. Yeah. It was supposed to be our year. Our year. It was, it was our time. <laughs> so, Eric, we've been, you and I have been playing tabletop games for a long time. You and yeah. I, when I was living out in Kansas and even just randomly throughout years, we, we played a lot of tabletop games together. So you just want to kind of let us know like where you come from gaming wise, what are some of the games you love and what do you love to do? Uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. So uh, I started playing games uh, when I was uh, pretty young. Uh, started off with like computer games and everything. I, I'm sure everybody remembers like the old, uh, old Starcraft, old Warcraft, Diablo mm-hmm. type, uh, type days. Um, I always, I always liked uh, turn, uh, turn-based RP or, turn-based strategy games i say you uh, and me did a lot of like rome total war and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep nope i i love rome total war uh rome 2 is probably one of my favorite games uh of all time next to like civilization um but like when i when i got uh adult people money um <laughs> you know, walking around money yeah yeah like like basically more money than than what i needed to put into my gas tank type uh, type money uh so about no oh, senior year of college uh sophomore year of college anyways uh around 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 that time uh when i was like about 23 24 uh i started in on uh battlefleet gothic actually oh uh, man the, what a game to yep, that's your first yep. game Yep, that was my first like tabletop game ever. Uh, I mean, my brother and I picked up like Warhammer 40k, like the little miniatures when we were in high school and everything. But even even in high school, like when you're working on like just a uh, like getting a hundred bucks a week type job, uh, you definitely still can't Dude, afford. Er- Eric, uh, you, you're the one that got me into like trying Battlefleet Gothic, and yes, the rules yes. in that game are so clunky. You have like charts, yes. and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it it uh it reminds me a lot of those old uh, chit based games yes. uh, where yeah. where you you based upon like the strength of your stack versus the strength of their stack. Well, this one uh, like Battlefleet Gothic was like measuring distance versus like are they coming towards well, you? Away yeah, from I was gonna you. say that was the big thing. Uh, yep, yep. So it, it really clunky, but like also when you're getting into the groove, uh, it was pretty good. But it was also one of those ones that was like hard to find people to play with you because uh, mm-hmm. it was a little bit of an older game at the time. Uh, but around the same time that I was doing that, uh, I kind of happened upon Patch and Crow's Nest uh, in Manhattan. And that's when I started seeing 40K uh, played like real uh, on the, the table. Yep. 
and like because you see you see that as a kid and you're like oh man all those cool little cool little army men are doing stuff and like i remember seeing there was a game uh, game store like back in aggieville i think it was called the weird raven or something like that back when Mm -hmm. i was in high school and like that was the first time i ever saw it but once again walking around cash i didn't actually pull the trigger on that until like patch and crows and after i started playing that getting my own army painting uh getting like fully into like that whole hobby aspect of the game uh it was awesome because like it it allowed me to have a creative outlet uh for painting allowed me to uh, have a competitive outlet for being able to like uh study strategy study like matchups and everything because my my i always really like chess also my my dad like drilled into me and my brother like the the opening moves of chess and like always learning uh, always trying to play like two to three turns ahead yeah. and i felt like the uh the lessons i learned from chess helped me out when figuring out strategies for 40k and then subsequently fantasy i really really fell in love with uh, warhammer fantasy also yeah that that's where you and i definitely intersected mm-hmm. because i remember you guys playing 40k which i played 40k too mm-hmm. but I think you remember me and a bunch of other nerds playing Warhammer oh, yeah. Fantasy, yep. And, yep. and that's where we really started kind of connecting. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Alex gave me an interview, or not interview, but a intro to, to Fantasy, and like just everything about it was just uh, rank and file, like making Sta- sure that Stabby Lance was, McGee. Yeah, Stabby Lance <laughs> McGee. Well, I mean, like your 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 positioning had consequences mm-hmm. like oh, if yeah. somebody hits you from the flank it had like a big impact upon like combat modifiers and who got to fight back and everything and like yep. i mean aside from the fact that undead and and fear rules were were really dumb in a seventh edition <laughs> yeah uh, it was it was a a really fun fun uh, experience um but as as with like almost all games it ebbs and flows based upon your play group uh yep. and i think throughout the years i've i've also like delved into dystopia wars uh i have a a pretty sizable collection of scorn and uh signar for war machine uh, yep. but i haven't played that in in a few years actually oh, that's kind of a most, a lot of people tell you that's a dead game yeah yeah uh it's it's kind of a dead game uh as far as like especially around my area and i think I, unless I think, you're i think unless you're on the west coast it's it's mm-hmm. dead yeah uh i know that they like came out with like brawl machine and stuff like that like smaller uh, almost deal with like kill team type uh, Mm -hmm. uh, comparatives but we also played guild ball uh you got me into playing guild ball when i was out and uh so i still i still have that not 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 a lot of it but (laughs) yeah another another dead game uh but like i got two teams so if i ever wanted to play with somebody i could play with it but it wasn't until a couple probably about like three years ago that uh, I got randomly invited by Jason Griffith. I don't know if you remember him or not. I do. He said, Hey man, I need an even number for this uh, uh, X-Wing tournament that that we're doing. And you play a lot of games. So I'll give you a brief rundown of the rules and you should be fine. Yeah. So we'll we'll kind of pick up there. Okay. Because you you got a lot of games kind of that you're talking about there. And I, I think, And this is kind of why I wanted to talk about X-Wing, because I think that when we start looking at all these games, we're going to see a lot of common things that lead into Mm X-Wing. But before we get into that, one thing I did think that you said that was very interesting, you talked about how, you know, the meta or your group shifts toward different games. And actually, I just posted probably about, I don't know, I posted that one maybe last week. It was an article on the RageQuitWire.com website that we have where I talked about, you know, 
primary versus secondary games. And I think as a nerd, mm-hmm. you, you're going to go broke and you're going to be sitting at, looking at a bunch of different models and boxes if you have all the games that you think are cool. So I yeah. categorized it into your primary games should be broken into what's your meta playing, and that's the one you should be focusing on because that's where you're going to get the most games. Yep. What's the game that you love the most? That should also be your primary game. And then finally, your secondary games like, oh, I like to play this maybe once a month or once a year. You know, it's just fun to pick up. So if you like reading kind of quick articles like that about stuff, I just released one last week. Actually, sorry, two days ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was about the five funnest masters in Malifaux. So we're we're just starting to put out a lot of just articles, videos and stuff, really trying to siphon a lot of the stuff through uh, that Rage Quit wire.com website uh you can also find the link on there to join our patreon if you want to join us and support us you can do that for as little as a dollar so i think the common thing that i saw with all the games you were saying eric is that a lot of the positives that you liked in a lot of those games we're going to actually find in x-wing and I, i found that really interesting that you focused on positioning consequences uh and kind of just building like a list and competing. So do you want to kind of pitch real quick for anybody who just hasn't played X-Wing just in general, not even 2.0, we'll get into that later, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the strengths and just awesome features about X-Wing? Okay, so first off, if you're a Star Wars fan, you get to hmm. play with uh, play with pretty much every you get to pew pilot, pew, right? Yeah, you get to play with like just about every pilot that's ever like hopped in a ship, and just about I I can't think of any ships that I've heard of aside from like the new Mandalorian ship, Razorcrest. Yeah, the uh, Razorcrest. aside from yeah, the the Razorcrest isn't in it yet, but I mean that's a matter of time. That's a matter of time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it has just about every. Uh, Star Wars ship that I can think of as far as like the 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 nine movies plus the the extended lore canon and everything like that yep you have a a wide variety of ships the way that they fly uh, pilots so you have that that nostalgia factor going oh, yeah. on right there the thing that drew me most to it because I I love I love Star Wars uh, I I uh, I've watched all the movies, seen almost all the the episodes of uh, Clone Wars and and Rebels, and you probably uh, read the books too, right? Uh, a couple of them. Uh, Timothy Zahn did a pretty good job with the uh, the um, uh, Thrawn, the the Grand Admiral Thrawn series. There you go. Um, so those uh, uh, he did a great job with those. Uh, I didn't I didn't delve too much into some of the other uh, canon ones, but yeah, I mean that's that's for another time. Yeah. Um, but uh, so aside from from being a fanboy of the the genre in general it's the the gameplay of the 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 overall positioning of how you deploy your ships how you maneuver your ships and the the consequences because like you could have the best army on paper but if you can't pilot it correctly if you can't anticipate out two to three moves ahead then you're going to get hosed but it also has that beer and pretzels feel to it if you wanted to have it yeah, and that's really interesting that you say that because I'll agree with you that for me, because I'm I'm definitely a casual Star Wars guy. Like I, I've watched all the movies. I'm actually starting to get into Clone Wars, and it's actually way better than I thought it was. Gonna oh yeah, be. oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely not and a kid show. When yeah, when you're playing the game of X-wing, you the coolest part for me watching the movies and stuff was always the space battles, mm-hmm. and you feel like you're flying in the space battles, like you. you you like I like flying the tie swarms, and when I'm flying that, I love you know my opponent just freaking out like, oh my god, they're everywhere, and there's tie oh, yeah. fighters, and you know they don't know what to shoot because there's so many targets, 
And then you get some of the cool bigger ships and you do these cool maneuvers where you're flipping around and it, it definitely has that really cool feel. But then the other thing that I thought was interesting is that you said, you know, if you pilot it, I, I think there's a very good correlation to Magic the Gathering with that, oh, where you can build a power deck or in this case, a net list or a power list. Mm -hmm. But if you're not a good player, you're yep. you're not going to do it, right? Exactly, because you don't understand the mechanics, you don't understand the triggers, you don't understand what sets you up for success. Yep. Um, and then with with uh, uh, some of the the lists out there, you can look at it on paper and it'd be like, well, this looks like straight garbage. But then see it played, and you're like, oh my god, how can he? How can he do those things? <laughs> Jesus, like, like what what the hell is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and you're right though. It definitely is a beer and pretzels game if you want it to be. Because I've seen, mm -hmm. I mean, we we've we played a lot in one point, you know, in the first edition. Yeah. And yeah. we're just now getting into 2.0, which we're all having a blast with. But mm -hmm. we definitely have players in our meta where they're just lining up and they're just jousting. And you know, it's like, hey, that's great. If you love that, go for it. Uh, I I think there's a. a... A phrase in the competitive uh, X-Wing community that uh, both players lose when they line up for the joust. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, it it you, yeah, you're not usually going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. Like, you might do some damage, but you're also taking damage. Well, not only that, but like with with a joust, it's can can you sustain the damage, and then what do you do after you get punched? Yep, because like. Everybody has the best laid plans going into the opening engagement, but the game is won on the 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 turns after that opening engagement. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, like like if you set yourself up for success and just like nuke the 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 hell out of your opponent on that opening engagement, sure. I mean, remove like a key piece, um, make it so that they're they're crippled and handicapped. I mean, more power to you, but like you're not going to do that every single time. Nah. And so so you need to get good at understanding positioning after you you do that opening salvo how do you keep guns on target how do you disengage and re-engage at a more advantageous position and also like how do you catch your opponent like if they're squirrely and what have you like how do you how do you box them into a corner how do you how do you make bobo go to go to the timeout <laughs> yeah there, there's some and that's kind of the thing that's really cool about the game and and getting into the strengths of it i think x-wing does a really great job of you can find a ship and you can even find a pilot because those of you that don't know with X-Wing, you not only have the chassis of the ship, but then there's usually about three or four different pilots. Mm -hmm. And depending if you pick the higher pilot skill, like if you pick Bosk or if you pick Boba, they're going to have a pilot ability that's better than the people usually below them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so that's the cool thing is you can really find these pilots that really kind of really speak to you. And I, I would say the one that's really I'm enjoying right now is I play the jump master ship and I play Nomlom, which he's only a, you know, a pilot skill of one because the pilot skills from go from one to six. So he doesn't seem that good, but he does some really janky stuff where he's just kind of flying around and it's like NASCAR. You want to turn left because you turn better that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the jump master has that weird, like hard left or hard right. That, that is, that is just, not good for him it just can't turn turn the make turns like that I, I i agree i agree entirely upon like you can find that ship and then like make it your own with the customization for it because like you take dengar you take nomlom same ship completely opposite ends of the spectrum as far as like what you're expecting uh from that 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 uh pilot um 
because at, at Dengar being an initiative six, that's that's the highest that you can go, and Nomlom being a one, uh, that's the lowest you can go. So Nomlom's yeah. always going to move before uh, other ships, and if you have uh, Dengar, he's going to shoot before other ships, and then like get to punish it. And then it's the customization too that is that is oh, yeah. really really good. It's it's it that's that's I think where you look at also the the correlations with magic as well is that you you have like that that archetype of I'm gonna play mono red it's like cool mono red but there's like 110 billion cards in mono red yeah so so X wing you're kind of like I'm gonna play swarm or I'm gonna play mm-hmm. you know a two ship build exactly or or just even set it up to a faction it's like I'm gonna play M- Empire swarm and yeah. that that gives you several options because uh, like you could do the classic tie swarm, or because the points dropped, you could do a tie interceptor swarm. I I think you can field like five or six tie interceptors now, and that that's that's the uh, double reposition like I three saber uh, yeah. interceptor and everything like that. It's mean. It's it's a mean list. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that also going on top of that, getting back into the list building, mm-hmm. there's different categories that you can upgrade your ship, so you can spend points and. It's a base 200 point game. Mm-hmm. So you have 200 points to fill out your ships, which I, we'll talk about that when we get to the 2.0 adjustments. But I, I think it's beautiful because you can also add, you know, crew. You can add, you know, uh, you can what the um, a, uh, talents. Uh, you there you go. Cannons, you can add sensors, uh, bombs, I, yeah, rockets, bombs. torpedoes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, all those upgrades really change what your ship does. Yes. Yes, I agree. Because uh, you can have like just a, a standard ship, and then uh, the base chassis of it's like kind of meh. And then it's like, oh, cool! I have access to this, this, and this. Well, for an extra like five points a model, I just turned it into this completely different other function in my list now. Yep. So uh, it, it it's it's that customization, that puzzle, if you will, of figuring out optimized lists or like hey this would be kind of fun lists uh coupled with just playing it on the table of like having to look several turns in advance that just make the game appeal to me so much more than than like 40k and and things like that uh because those games have devolved into and i mean i'll probably make some people annoyed or upset with this but those games have devolved into uh alpha strike who goes first i mean i mean mean, we talk trash on 40k all the time so that's nothing new here yeah i mean like (laughs) i i it's it's still it's still like that that abusive ex-girlfriend that like you just want to go back to and everything like that yeah you just also look at the scars on your shoulder from the last time you hung out with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And th- the other thing I would say is that X-Wing is the first game since probably War Machine where I've really spent a ton of time list building. Like mm-hmm. this is the first game since War Machine where I can just sit here on my phone for hours and just be like, oh, well, let me try, you know, this list. And I don't even play Separatist hardly at all. But, yeah. you know, I've got about three lists that I'm just like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like having I have Launchbay next on, on mine. Yeah, that's what I have, too. And it uh, I, I probably got like 50, 60 lists that like every time <laughs> that there's like a points update or something like that, I like go through and it's like, well, I wonder if this list still works. This list still works and then go yeah. from there. Like it's it, it's fun. You, you, uh, between the list builder on my phone and Yasby on uh, my my desktop, like I'll spend like 
a couple hours a week. Well, I, I was spending a couple hours per week, uh, like building lists and things like that of like things that I wanted to try for X-Wing night, things that I wanted to try at the next tournament, et cetera, yep. et cetera. I, I don't, I don't do that nearly as much right now, just because there's not that much in-person play in my local area. Yeah. Um, what with the, uh, the whole COVID protocols and things like yeah. that. But I mean, it's, it's still, it's still a, a, a fun thought exercise to do. Yeah. And I will say though, I don't like a lot of the vassal and tabletop simulator for tabletop, but you ran me through a demo of tabletop simulator for X-Wing and it actually was yeah. probably one of the better simulators I've seen. Agreed. Agreed. I, I like that simulator. Um, I like, so fly casual is, is a kind of an AI automated driven one and I'll mess around with like theories on that one, but the AI is, is, simplistic and it's not yeah. gonna like do nuanced maneuvers and things like that but it's more for like me feeling how the dial goes and everything but tabletop simulator is fun but i've only had fun when i play with buddies on it yeah um i haven't i haven't really jumped into too much competitive with it i i appreciate and respect those folks that that have done that because gold squadron does amazing stuff uh yeah, they, they have huge tournaments online gold squadron and hexiled gaming those guys like do solid solid work and they're actually in my mind keeping the game alive uh by by drumming up more interest in it because like for every one of those tournaments you have you have like a bunch of people that watch i think uh the last one that they ran they had like probably seven eight hundred people or so like watching their stream yeah uh which is is really that's big that's, for that's yeah. big for tabletop uh-huh uh -huh. and then they had like about i think 150 in this last one this last yeah. tournament that they yeah, did. it was about that so um but like it it uh it doesn't feel the same. the The tabletop simulator definitely does not feel nah, the same no, as as like uh, going. I don't get that same excitement, that same rush. I don't get that same feeling, and even even the the measurements and calculations. It's it it doesn't. I, I'll mess up on tabletop simulator where I wouldn't ever mess up on. A yeah, table. for sure. Yeah, um, you hit that. You hit that like three bank, and you're just like, mm -hmm. "Oh crap, I'm on the rock." Yeah, and and I and I think I think it, it might be like perception. It might be uh, it cognitive bias and things like that too. Um, and it might also just be like practice. But it's it's overall, I like playing it with buddies. So when you're kind of last introductory things for people who are you know maybe curious about the game, haven't looked at it too much, but you have. I think it's seven different factions now, which is great because when I was first playing, there was only three. It was really two and a half, but you had, you got the first order. So you got Kylo and the boys, mm -hmm. you got the galactic empire. So that's Darth and, you know, the old school empire. Yep. You got the galactic Republic, mm -hmm. which I believe that's off of like the clone wars and stuff, right? Eric? Yes. Nope. That's hundred percent clone wars. And with that, it definitely feels clone wars. Like you have clone ships, uh, uh, like with the the lat gunships and the arc one seventies and what have you, and then you have like the Jedi ships, yeah. and like they don't have crossover as far as like a Jedi hopping in a lat. Uh, so you'll you'll have like that that definitive clone feel, uh, Clone yep. Wars feel when you play that uh, faction. Yep, and then you got the Rebel Alliance, which I believe that's the older movies, right? Yes, the Rebel Alliance is like Luke, uh, and Han. Um, well, like like classic han so yeah not, not young uh, han <laughs> no 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 so it's it's like uh, luke and wedge luke and wedge that's that's okay. rebel lines mm -hmm. and then we got the resistance which is your newer kind of like movies like poe dameron and all that yep yep uh so it has like poe and finn and ray 
Uh, Ray, dude, I'll tell you that Ray Falcon build is kind of oh ridiculous. my god, it's dirty. <laughs> it's dirty. Ma, uh, Mal Mal plays uh, uh, resistance uh, against me in the house, and mm-hmm. she has she has Ray down to a a pretty nice art form. And I don't want her to go down to the game store because then she'll make me look bad in front of everybody. She'll but, embarrass you. <laughs> yeah, she'll 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 beat the pants off me if I give her an opportunity <laughs> to. So, yep. Um, and then we have probably. My favorite faction besides the Empire, which is Scum and Villainy. This is just your thugs, bounty hunters, and just shenanigans. Man, honestly, Scum and Villainy has about as much content as any two other expansions. They yeah. they they are by far the largest expansion uh, in my mind, just from the versatility, the ship count, and then the the void or or space that they fill. I feel like you can get the most flavor in Scum and Villainy. You can really like put the spice right where you want it on that. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You can you can either play like some hardcore bounty hunters, or you can play like some cartel dudes, uh, or you can play the the droids. I mean, um, and the IG eighty are cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Just play those IG ships. Those those ones are neat. No, uh, I was like, I, I saw this IG list in a tournament one time that had like two of the IGs in it that just like wrecked face. They like uh, tore apart this uh, Tie Swarm list, and it was like beautiful watching them come in from the sides and just like. Oh yeah, ships, if, like, if you can shot. run it well, it's going to do some work. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, you can really get cute flying a list that you like and if you practice the maneuvers and you really kind of build it to your style like somebody can look at it and be like man that's poop and you just wreck their face with it oh yeah yeah no if it it comes down to familiarity uh if you understand what your list does better than your opponent understands what their list does uh then then you generally have a leg up so yep and then the last one and i think this is the newest faction is the separatist correct yeah yeah that's that's like the 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 classic Confederate uh, droid swarms and everything like that. Yeah, from, General Grievous, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Count, Dooku. Uh, Count, Count Dooku, General Grievous. Um, they actually just got Django. Yeah, uh, I, so, I did pick that up just because the ship yeah. looks cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nope, it's it's a really good ship. Uh, I already have like four fire sprays, and then it was another fire <laughs> spray. Just, it, it's a cool paint job. It means that I don't have to paint it up, but it also had all the cards in it for Django and like uh, Zam and, and so, those other cool. Eric, you're kind of an older school nerd like me, right? We're getting um, up there in years. I don't how, want to hear that. I don't have any gray you, in my beard, sir. <laughs> I have plenty. <laughs> I so <know. laughs> how how either important is it or how much does it take away that this stuff is already painted? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so the the um I like that it's already painted and it comes out of the package and ready to play. Uh and I also like the fact that the way that they're painted or that they're uh, presented makes it so that if I want to repaint things, I can do it fairly easily. Yeah. Um, so take, for example, the Galactic Republic. Uh, all those Jedi ships I was telling you about, uh, They, I, I have, I think, all but two of the Aether sprites repainted as like the various other uh, Jedi. So the, the two nice. ones that you base see are Obi-Wan and the red one, and then Anakin and the, the black and yellow one. Um, so I've repainted up a, a Plo Koon, a Mace, a Luminara, a Baris, uh, or Barris, I think it's Barris, uh, Barris and Ahsoka. Uh, so I still need to paint up a, a, a Sastine. And yeah, then I'd have them, it really have is done. doable because I, I, when I was playing in the first edition, I painted up an A-wing swarm to look like the lions from Voltron. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. That was awesome. Um, I uh, I actually repainted all of Mal's um, A wings uh, back before that that last uh, Heroes of the Resistance pack uh, came mm-hmm. out and then added the green one. But I yeah. I painted up a a Zari and a Greer and a, a ZZ to go along with the ones that they already had. So yeah, uh, so I think if you like, and I, honestly, it's like. I, I painted some commission for X-Wing mm-hmm. and I got paid some decent money and oh, yeah, it, yeah. it's pretty easy to paint those ships. Yep. Nope. It's pretty easy. I mean, they're, you don't have to worry about a lot of the detail detail like you would on like a, a 40K miniature or yeah, a, they're like a panels, war machine right? ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mostly panels. If you wanted to get cheeky and do some freehand, you can. I saw some really solid like uh, repaints of some of the fire sprays like for some of the other bounty hunters. Yeah, some and crazy. Was, yeah, yeah. Like the Anadraza uh, repaint with like the like uh the old school like bomber pinup girl on the side yeah i saw one crazy, of those man. that's that's really crazy yeah but like i could probably do that if i wanted to but it's also a matter of like how much time do you want to invest in it yeah definitely so yeah i think the the custom paint i'm looking to do on some of my models is i'm looking i play a lot of my uh, academy pilots for the, oh yeah uh, tie fighters yeah and yeah. each time a tie fighter actually kills a ship i'm gonna put a little like notch on the side of it <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I I feel you. I think I think that's a cool idea. It, it customizes it, plus makes it so that it's like, yep, that's that's my 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 veteran guy right there. Body counts. Old number eighteen. <laughs> so Eric, a lot of people stopped playing X Wing when the first edition was kind of. It, it there was a lot of stuff going on that made some of the community really either tired of the game or they really didn't like some of the things going on. So what were some of the things in the first edition that people kind of either didn't like, or they were kind of upset about? Well, I think, I think a lot of it uh, comes down to unkillable ships and unwinnable combos. Yeah. And I think that uh, they ran into the same problem that like GW uh, falls into a decent amount. I, I know that we punch on GW a bit, but like they, they, they come out with like an arms race, and yep. it's like, oh, well, I guess the answer to beating Grey Knights is to make uh, Dark Eldar better. And then, and then make Blood Angels better. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what, what what it ends up being is that with that much customization uh, in the, the game, um, it's not only just making certain factions better, it's making certain builds the only way to play if you want to play competitively yeah um because you you'll make it so that uh because on the the first edition uh, everything had kind of a static point everything had kind of a uh, uh released with uh, the slots on the cards and everything like that uh and it was it was this is what you pay this is how it goes and that made it so that uh fancy flight didn't have flexibility to, to modify or change anything. Yeah. I remember um, there was some really points of contention. A lot of it uh-huh. I remember was that the really good cards that you wanted multiples of were you had to basically buy a bunch of ships you didn't want. Yes. Uh, yes I remember yeah. crack, crack shot was a kind of a really, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. big card that people had to get C3PO was a card that you had to randomly get somewhere. Uh-huh. So you're buying these cards for just the one list you were running. Well, not only that, but like you have you have like only a couple of ships that like are in your faction that are good, good or like yeah. be at the best tables and what have you. And like if you don't bring those, then then you might as well just not. Yeah, play. you're just not gonna. You're probably not gonna win. Like like double tapping dash and um, the the Wookie gunship. Uh, those those were like just um, 
amazing in first edition because I, I think that Wookiee gunship just rolled around and just didn't die. Yeah, I mean, I because of the way that like the, the configurations worked. Yeah, and I think there was also a lot of where you could modify it where you were going to hit with most your dice no matter what on some of those builds. Oh yeah, there's also some of those builds and too, make your opponent like, where they couldn't mit, they couldn't dodge it. Yes, uh, and well, in addition to that, but also like generating more like defense dice than you actually rolled. Yeah, right. It, it's like, oh, okay, cool, congratulations. I'm gonna just auto do this. And, yeah, I'm a I'm a one evasive ship, so I get one uh, die, but I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and negate three of these hits somehow. Exactly, exactly. I think that's uh, I'm pretty sure that's what the Wookiee gunship was doing. Yeah. Uh, just because it was like just rolling around. Wasn't like doing much damage, but it was doing enough that like you just couldn't ever take it off the board. So yeah. Um so I think the stagnation of um like seeing the same things over and over again and then the answer being to make something else more powerful was the uh the the wrong thing that drove a decent amount of people away well Um, and i think eric that the other problem i had and i think others had when the game was early mm -hmm. is you only had the empire the rebels and then you had some scum so the game got boring because it's like you're playing the same stuff Yep. Yep. Nope. I remember uh, the first time I got introduced to X-Wing was uh, Joey Bays. Uh, he he brought in that starter box to uh, uh, Game Hounds and was yep. like showing us off and everything like that. And I was like, man, this is kind of neat. This is kind of cool. And then like I looked into the faction lines a little bit more and I'm like, uh, there's only like there's there's not much going on here. Um, and it's kind of the same way that I felt about Legion uh, at first, too. And then, like, I actually didn't pull the trigger on Legion until they introduced the Clone War stuff, just yeah. so that you could have, like, some variability in, in gaming. Cause... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think something we haven't talked about that is also a selling point for X-Wing is that movement's determined by your dials. So each yes. ship has its own movement. Yes. And you set all your dials, your opponent sets all their dials, and then you reveal starting with the crappiest pilot skill, which I feel is actually the strongest selling point of the game because movement is so important in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alternating order is, uh, in, in my mind, the, the biggest one uh, because like movement, movement is key, and movement based upon how good the pilot is and how good the ship is helps out quite a bit because it's in part of the list building of, like, man, do I want to have like this blocker out here at the low initiative to go and like prevent you from getting actions and things like that, um, and then have like an ace like running around the backfield like sniping stuff off, uh, or do I just want to have like everybody move all at the same time? And yeah, I feel like there was a lot of lists in one where there were a lot of ships where it's like, I'm going to bring these blockers mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have this disgusting ship just machine gun your list. Yep. And yep. that was one of the con- points of contention, I feel like, too. Yeah, uh, I think I think being able to put like so many points into like those like big beefy ships was also a, a big point of contention. Well, too. The points like, were also very restricting because you only had 100 points. Yes, yes. And I and like that uh that tournament I was telling you about initially when I when I started playing X Wing, like I, Jason built the list for me. He's like, Here you go, here's Fat Han and, and another ship with it and just go do do things and I'm like uh I understood the basic mechanics of it and I understood I mean, I had decently extensive gaming background of like uh however many years and then it's like okay cool this is how i do this this is how i do this this is how i do this and i ended up taking like third place in the tournament yeah uh 
Oh, with with a with a list that one I've played like all of like half a game before, and then two, uh, like the the list that I had was like really stupidly solid, and like there was only like ten people in the tournament. It was a small local one, but like still, I shouldn't have been able to do that. And that 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 yeah. kind of like struck me as a little bit odd. Of like, oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, because I I feel like that in a and this is a dice game, so I know that'll <laughs> turn some people off, but. I will say that I do like dice games to some extent because I like the randomness. I like the fact that, you know, sometimes you're going to hit with a bunch of crits and then sometimes you're going to blink on your dice. Mm -hmm. But that was my point of contention mainly with the first edition was that when you can modify your own dice and then predict the dice of your opponent, we're not having fun anymore. This is not random. This Mm -hmm. is not, you know, the chances of our pilots blowing each other up. You've now basically net listed so hard that you've made the game predictable unless you are just a terrible pilot. Yeah. And, and while I do, I do subscribe to like statistics and making sure that you put yourself into an advantageous situation. You don't there want should lost. be, no, it, it shouldn't be like a, a point and click type thing. It should yeah. be like, I mean, there, there should be the thrill of the moment, the, uh, the, the, the setup and everything like that. And like uh, going into a situation where like, the odds are stacked in your favor is what you should uh, like ideally want to do. It's not, it shouldn't be the, I, uh, I set myself up so that this is going to be the actual outcome. It's, it's the, well, this is the, the probability of me hitting this. And like, if I'm rolling three dice and I have uh, a couple of different mods on there and you have two dice with a couple of different mods on here, I should get this number of hits in theory, but like, it's a dice game. So yeah. And I think what that looks like in X wing is you, and I I've done this to a couple of newer players and they're just kind of like, man, you really tore my shit up, but it's, it's really target priority is Mm -hmm. kind of where it's, it's finally in a better place in 2.0. And that's the fact that you can set up like two or three ships on one target. And Mm -hmm. yes, you are probably going to blow it up, but you know, you might not, they might roll green dice and it still might be there. And then they oh, yeah. might even they might even blow up your ship. So mm-hmm. that's the thing, and that's space battle, though, right? I mean, you're going to lose fighters if you have two or three fighters on your one. You're probably going to lose that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I think I think going back to like some of the differences between first and second edition is the evade rules from first edition. If memory serves me correctly, the evade rules was it just added an auto block? Yeah, it did. Like, uh, whereas like evade in second edition, it just. Uh, if you take the evade action, you have a token that allows you to modify one of your dice, not yep. add. So uh, if you only have one and mm-hmm. you rolled an evade, you don't get to use that evade token. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, it means that you get to save it for later, but at the yeah. same time, it doesn't just mean that you canceled out two blocks when you have a die roll and yep. then that. So, And I, I think that's, that's a, a good quality of life change that they did uh, because it, it makes it so that there's modifications, but not insurmountable um, odds to, to punch through damage. So I, I also think, and this is now getting into where 2.0 definitely made some positive changes. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the positive changes on the other end of that is they capped out the attack dice. So now yes. the max dice you can throw is six, which is still a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's uh, max dice you can throw uh, for uh, just period is six. I don't think you can get defensive mods. Past yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, but I mean, but, there were some like I remember there were some like crazy missile builds with like Miranda where you could get like 10. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's dumb. Yeah. That's th- so, I mean, for anybody that was playing that list, I mean, kudos to you. But like, because really? <laughs> if, if you were playing that list, you were just like, why am I flying Miranda and throwing 10 dice? Because fuck them. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like at that point in time, you have to wake up in the morning, pour yourself a big old cup of haterade, and just like <laughs> be at peace with who you are. And yeah, like, right. once again, I mean, if that's who you are, I'm sure that you're a wonderful person. But... Dude. So, Eric, the <laughs> yeah. thing I'm most excited about. So, first off, the biggest mm-hmm. change I think with two yes. is I'm going to start off with they boosted it to 200 points. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't seem like a big deal because you're like, well, they just, you know, can flex the, the points got bigger. So instead of spending 11 points for, you know, a TIE fighter academy pilot, you're spending 22. Mm-hmm. But that really range makes it where you can get some really interesting builds and ships in your list. 100% agree. Um, so what my experiences with that is that while the chassis and everything like that generally went up by at least half again as many points, if not double from what they were, uh, what it made it so that you end up doing is that you're able to better fine tune uh, the upgrade cards uh, for their, their point balance, because there's like some things that in first edition that were like a point, but like really it, it, it probably should have been more points. Uh, like five or even yeah. eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with with uh, having it set up uh, in second edition the way that they have, they can they can kind of slide scale it to see uh, zero in on what the actual cost uh, of it should be. Um, and that, for me, uh, I think the the best thing that they've done with second edition is made all of the um, points and upgrades and things like that digital yeah Um, and i know that some of the old school gamers are going to poo poo on that because they're going to be like you know i want it on the card i should be able to play it right out of the box but it's like come on man we're you know in the we're in the 21st century you can get stuff offline you can print stuff Mm -hmm. off and and that makes it though where it's like this is too powerful of a chassis bring it down hey nobody plays this Uh Sorry, the opposite. This is too powerful. Pump it up. And then on the opposite, nobody plays this. Let's like cut it in half and see if people mm-hmm. start playing it. Agreed. And and they've they've done that uh, throughout the course of second edition. About every five to six months, they have a points update. Yeah. Um, where they where they slide scale things based upon uh, tournament results, uh, feedback, and things like that. And like so, I I feel that has made it so that the game has a, a good stain power as far as being um, balanced. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, like we were talking about with like shifting it to 200 points and making it so that the mods and like pilots and everything like that say was uh, Dooku was a seven as far as how many points he cost. Well, that's, that's a little bit low. Let's see uh how he is at a nine. Oh, that was a little bit too much let's bring it back down to an eight 
Yeah. Uh, and and so so that that extra points here and there was it, it makes it so that that you have that much more flexibility and being able to balance the game for like what this guy's actual value is bringing to the table. So and I think the other thing that they did that's interesting for list building is they've actually added a second format as well. So you want to oh, talk yeah. about what what uh, I believe it's is hyperspace, right? That's yes. their limited format. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So much like magic, uh, there's a like kind of standard uh, flavor of the, the, the times format. Um, but with hyperspace, uh, what they end up doing is they try to make it so that every ship that's been re-released is legal in some capacity. Um, so extended is where everything is legal. It's no hold bar. It's like the wild west of things. Uh, you, you get to bring your meanest, nastiest stuff or, or your biggest fluff bunny stuff, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but with, with hyperspace, they, they definitely want to make it a more curated format, uh, where it's like, all right, cool. This is not so much an entry level thing, but it's a, this is a format where you can buy all the ships, that have just been released and still play them. And then uh, know that certain combos that like definitively are stupid uh, aren't necessarily allowed in hyperspace initially. Yeah. Uh, you're, and you're and then, notice a lot of pilots, like you're not going to see Vader in hyperspace. You're not going to see a lot of those aces, some yes. of the good upgrades you're not going to see because, and that it's interesting because it tests your list building a little bit mm-hmm. more. Well, and and it doesn't it doesn't just put the kids' gloves on either because like this last update they cycled in a couple of cool things. Uh, so they they cycled out. Oh, let me let me bring up Yasby real quick. They cycled out. Uh, so for the Jedi, um, I want to say they cycled out a good portion of the pilots and then replaced them with with other pilots. Yeah. So it, it makes it a little bit more fresh. Uh, of like, okay, cool. Last season was this. This season, I still get to play with my Aether sprites, but I have to play the play with them in a different way. Uh, so, uh, and well, I, think it al- I think also while you're looking that up, it, yeah, makes, yeah. it makes like your pilot skill like three and four more uh-huh. valuable than you would have oh, yeah. in, in your extended format. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So um, take, for example, Republic. Um, so last season for hyperspace, they had most of the name pilots in there. Um, I, well, most of the ones that are played a lot, they had like yeah. Flo and Obi and Ahsoka and um, uh, like Luminara uh, in hyperspace. Um but they had like Anakin and like a couple of the other ones. Uh, they they try to they try to mitigate the I sixes uh, as much as possible in hyperspace, just because if you have too many I sixes, it turns into a, a kind of an arms race. It feels at times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I say that with the the irony of Anakin not having a. Anyways. Yeah, um, anyways, <laughs> anyways, you know, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokes, yeah. Uh, uh, but they also try to limit the the. Um, uh, negative play experience type uh, things uh, with like dial manipulation. Um, so some of the force powers allow you to manipulate dials uh, like after if they've already been laid down. Um, and one of the pilots, Sastine, allows you to do the same thing. You spend a force, you can look at somebody else's dial, and then that makes it so that you can know what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but 
I, I digress. Uh, so last season, they were able to have like a bunch of the name pilots uh, for the Aether Sprite. And then this season, um, they have it set up so that just the Jedi Knights are uh, legal in hyperspace. The Jedi Knight is the generic uh, Initiative 3 in there. So you still get to play with the chassis. And the chassis is a powerful chassis because it has a couple of different configs that do like some fun, neat stuff. But it says that if you want to play with that kind of, uh, if you want to play with Jedi on that, then you got to only play with the generic. Um, but they also released out the the Eta 2, which is like the new Jedi Interceptor. And then they made it so that all the generics in the Eta 2 are not playable in hyperspace, but you can play with all of the named ones. So you can play with yeah. like Yoda and Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and everything like that. So it's it's kind of interesting how they do it. I, I, there is a method to the madness, but... Dude, I, I, I love it, man, because, I mean, I, I remember back when we used to play competitive Warhammer Fantasy... Yep. You you and I were always fans of things like the like comp charts, right? Like oh yeah, yeah. If, if you're gonna bring the broken stuff, that's great, but you're yep. gonna pay more for it, and you're not gonna exactly. be able to bring as much. Exactly. So you you might have, and this is going back to extended format. You might have a hundred and twenty point, you know, fat Han, uh-huh. but you know, I'm gonna be able to have more ships if I want, and yeah, they're not as busted, but you're gonna have to deal with more bodies. So oh, yeah. I, I love that they have this comp chart kind of built into the game that they can fluctuate as necessary. And, and that's that's a really good analogy because like I do feel like having the the ability to digitally shift rules and and things like that, or not rules, but like points, uh, makes it so that it is kind of like a free flowing comp chart. It's like, yeah, we recognize this is really good, and here's what we're going to do to change it, uh, and then go from there. I mean, uh, so for example, um, over the summer, they uh, changed the rule, uh, changed the points on Nantex fighters. It's a, a separatist Geonosian fighter that like does some interesting things, um, but it was designed to be run with a tractor beam uh, on it. Yeah. And uh, so what they did was that they lowered the, it wasn't getting played at all because it's kind of trash prior to the points upgrades. Um, So what they did was they lowered the points of all the pilots, all the, all the pilots across the chassis went down a massive number of points. Um, But they also jacked up the cost of the tractor beams. So it's like, yeah, you can play with the Nantex, but you just don't have tractor beams. Um, Or or if you wanted to play with the Nantex with the cool tractor beam, it costs you as much as it used to, that type of deal. Well, uh, gamers being gamers, uh, looked at the meta and saw, well, gosh golly, mister, uh, I can put... Uh, six of this one type of Geonosian fighter in a ship or like in a list and then kit him out with some really cool things like crack shot and predator um, predator allows you to reroll uh, one of your dice. If you're in a bullseye, I think, and a bullseye is yep. on your little, little flight stand and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so the, the Nantex chassis isn't like anything to really look at like great. Uh, like it's like, eh, whatever. Uh, let me, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, so the, the Nantex is, is a three agility ship with four hull and it has a bullseye, uh, for three attack die. And then it has kind of a, a turret, um, like a, a single turret, uh, that's two. Uh, so it, it doesn't look great. Uh, it's dial is pretty solid. Uh, it can only take a focus or an evade, but um, uh, what 
the ability of the base ship has on uh, for the for the thing is that it says you cannot rotate your turret uh, to your rear. And after you execute a maneuver, you can gain a tractor token to perform a uh, uh, rotate action. Uh, so it allows you to uh, spin your turret. Now, that 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 seems innocuous as it is, but once you start diving deeper into what these tokens and things like that mean the the tractor token once you gain a tractor token you become tractored and you can move your ship like a essentially like a barrel roll or a short boost so when you combine the ability to do that as soon as you execute a maneuver you don't have to complete the maneuver you just have to execute the maneuver, and then you can barrel roll off into somebody's side arc or boost to get out of somebody's fire arc or anything like that. Yeah. So you're on. So so you don't get blocked ever. And they they dropped the the points down so much so that you could fit six of these type of ships at initiative three in there with crack shot that says if you're in my bullseye you lose one uh like one of your evades get turn uh turns into a oh, eyeball. Blank. Yeah, an eyeball. Uh, I think it's an eyeball. Let me let me double check real quick. Well, either way, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you take Predator, which uh, says that you get to reroll one of your attack die when you're in Bullseye. So you're almost always going to be in somebody's bull. Uh, you're almost always going to be in Bullseye. You're almost always going to be um, in a better position where you can shoot them and they can't shoot you, and you can field six of these ships. Well, needless to say, the meta said, "Congratulations, we're going to see nothing but that." Uh, for like the next like three big tournaments, <laughs> and then and then Fantasy Flight saw that and they're like, "Well, gosh, golly, Mister Emergency now, Meeting." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Admittedly, this is all online tournaments and everything like that. Um, but uh, they're like Emergency Meeting, and then like I want to say end of October, first part of November, they released like an emergency like uh, points update that, nice. that made it so that you you couldn't field six of them anymore. Yeah. You can only field five. Yeah, that's, great. That's, that's great that you know you can do that though because yeah, yeah. you gotta adjust for the meta. They're they're gonna do it. Uh, well, I, and and that's 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 the beautiful thing that I liked about that. It was like I was sitting back in August seeing that, and then September rolled around, and then October rolled around, and I'm like, they have to do something. And then y'all uh, make some silly ass list. Yeah, yeah. I want to say I want to say that like uh, Gold Squadron was doing their Galaxies tournament at the t- uh, tournaments at the time. It was it was their I think. Yeah, it was their Galaxies tournament. And I want to say that, like, that type of list, that archetype, won, like, I think three, four of those in a row. Yeah. And I want to say, and they were also making up, like, you have that in a game. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, it was, it was definitely good to see. And then with the way that they have their content coming out, too, uh, uh, Fantasy Flight was having content coming out, like, every three to four months. So it, it, livened up and freshened up the meta too so you have like new ships and new pilots coming out um that like just change the dynamic of how things go so yeah and i think an interesting update talking about like the tokens and stuff that you had for those ship builds Uh is 2.0 and also kind of later one after i got out of x-wing in the first edition you have some new kind of actions and tokens that have now been added to the game so I'm going to go through like a quick list, just kind of saying what they do. And then I'll talk about the one that I'm probably the most excited about. So the, the ones that got added are you have calculate, which is basically uh, poor man's focus. You have coordinate, which basically your bigger like 
you know, big ships get to tell your other little ships like, hey, go ahead and boost or get a focus, you know, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely agree. Let's see here. Another big one that I didn't see when I was playing was reinforce. So basically you can either reinforce the front or back to give yourself an evade if they hit you more than twice. Um, uh, it's not it's not so much an evade. It just cancels out a uh, damage. Okay. So, so it's even yeah, better. So, Mm-hmm. So, but it, uh, yeah, it just basically does minus one damage to a minimum of one damage. Okay. Um, so, uh, it basically makes it so that like when you're trying to pump rounds in there, if you have like, uh, two shots go through, then you're only dealing one. So you kind of like, eh, do I spend that mod? Do I save that mod? Stuff like that. It makes, makes other questions happen. Yeah. Another one that I see here that I was pretty excited about is a lot of the bombers got the reload ability so you can reload some of your ammo. Oh yeah, yeah. Nope, because that's good. that was sad when you were a bomber and you're like, "But I'm out of bombs." <laughs> what's what's really sad is when you put bombs on a ship that doesn't have the reload action. Oh, I know, I know. Sad, sad days. <laughs> um, this one's interesting. I actually haven't seen a ship with this yet. Maybe you can, you know, inform me here, Eric. But mm-hmm. the slam ability that lets you basically execute a maneuver with the same speed. What kind of ship has a slam ability? Uh, okay, so um, Poe Dameron. Ah, <laughs> so one of one of the the more popular builds with with him has uh, uh, I want to say black one title that allows him to do a slam on action. Uh, let me double check so I'm not making an ass of myself. I always hate making an ass of myself. No, you don't. I mean, I kind of, I kind of. <laughs> no one even knows like, who you are, but they will. Everybody loves me. The oh. dozens of listeners. I know. I know. All the, all I, gotta, your, I, I gotta build up our uh, our X-wing, you know, listeners, man. <laughs> I got a lot of Malifaux and got some other listeners. Got to got to build up that X-wing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're rookie numbers. You got to boost them up, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So so slam uh, slam is off the black one title, um, and you put it on Poe Dameron, and it says after you perform a slam action, lose one energy, then you can gain an ion token or remove a disarm. But what slam? ends up allowing you to do oh and and the uh uh colossus station mechanic on what the hell's that shit the fireball yeah uh so yeah uh the the fireball has it natively on there so what it makes you end up doing is just like kind of going wow it's a big boost kind of like hitting the knots button yeah yeah so but uh so you so you cook that and it makes it so that your your opponent has to think if there's the slam action on there how many more different places can you go? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> because if, if you're doing like the, the, the three, uh, like the, the two hard or the three hard, well, you slam action and you're able to do like another, like another angle uh, to, to bring you around. So nice. yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely an interesting question uh, that, that uh, is presented before your opponent of like, I have this on my thing. Uh, where am I going to be? Yeah, so the last upgrade that I'm going to talk about, and, and not upgrade, but this is a marker, mm-hmm. and there's a couple other changes that I'm not going to go over just because this is just a generic uh, podcast about the 2.0 changes and just some of the things we like about the game. But, dude, adding force to the game was such a just colossal move for the game. This was when when this mechanic got introduced to me and I saw how you could manipulate and use the force, I was like, dude balls deep let's go you know oh yeah oh yeah no uh force force is a a big thing um so i think just about every faction has access to force users 
I believe so, because uh, even yeah. uh, you got Dooku and I think Darth uh-huh. Maul that have the Force. Yeah. Oh, well, and and even with uh, Scum and Villainy, you have a oh, yeah. uh, you have like Asajj Ventress, and you have access to a Maul crew uh, that that allows you to to ma- uh, manipulate that. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, like every every faction has access to like some force user or another, and yeah. it, it allows you to have like uh, a passive mod uh, as long as you haven't expended it, but it's reoccurring. Depending upon how powerful of a force user you have, you have a certain number of force uh, Dude, tokens I mean, uh, to be able to go. Vader can just like spend all three of his just to do all the actions on his card. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Vader, Vader is solid. But the the problem with that though is that if you burn all have that force in one turn, it's going to take him three turns to bring it back up. Hey, hey, don't tell um, me how to manage my resources in a game. I'm just, I'm just saying that provides an interesting other conundrum. It's like, do you rob <laughs> Peter to pay Paul? Right Right now and like uh like hose that uh, that enemy ship or uh do you conserve it for your defense to be able to manipulate some of your defensive mods uh or uh, if you're a jedi for uh, the republic do you use that for some of the maneuvers you have available to you yeah uh, because and, and it's it's also cool though eric because they also have upgrades for the force now too Oh, agreed. Agreed. And the, mm-hmm. some of those upgrades are fun. Like I put hate on Vader, so if you do damage, Vader gets one back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's here's my favorite new one that that's come out recently. It's called Extreme Maneuvers, and oh, instead yeah. of it's it's like having a Force Daredevil. So you <laughs> you spend a Force to do Daredevil, and then you don't take a, a stress to do it. Um, and so. By that, uh, so when you when you do a normal boost, you have like kind of the, the lazy template one way or the other, or a straight a little, one. Little bank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Daredevil allows you to make that a hard. Yeah, one hard turn, right? Yeah, yeah. So so what you end up doing with extreme maneuvers is you spend a force token and then you just do a one hard uh, for your boost. It's kind of like uh, Tokyo drifting in space, then. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and the thing about it too is that by having this upgrade on here, it gives you the option to do it. It's not every single time you do it; it's you have yeah. the option to do it. And like so, it once again creates more questions for your opponent to have to try to answer about where you're going to be. Um, and then, uh, like I was also mentioning too, uh, some of the different maneuvers, uh, the, the new Eda that just came out actually has a force, uh, force maneuver on its dial. Like it has a purple maneuver on its dial. Uh, yeah. and so it has a two talent roll that you spend a force to do. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you basically just like, I'm going to spend a force and then like do nimbly bimbly stuff. And oh, you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, well, neat. I guess I didn't anticipate that one. <laughs> and and that's, why, that's like what I like about this game and other games that have a lot of interesting actions and questions that you can pose to your opponent yep. is you just see that for the first time and you're just like, hmm, yep. well, I wasn't expecting that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so and and I I firmly believe that they've balanced all of these like cool nimbly bimbly maneuvers with durability because like they've made it so that a lot of oh, these yeah. ships that they can them. do the yep yeah no it's it's like uh it's like a dog catching a bird uh like that bird's not gonna go well if it gets in the teeth yeah and um, that's, that's where all that bumping and kind of not letting your opponents get actions is really kind of the big deal because yep. if those small nimble ships just don't get an action and they're stuck uh-huh. It, it, that's where you got to take advantage and just be like, all right, oh, yeah, yeah. now. Nope. I agree. I agree because it doesn't matter like what 
amount of green dice you have, the best mod that you can ever roll as one of these agility uh, base ships is to never actually roll your dice. Yeah. Um, if if you never have to roll your green dice, uh, then then you're winning. You're good uh, with, with that. Yeah, because like I don't know how many times I've had a uh, a nice three agility paper mache ship just get shot out from underneath me in one volley, and I'm just like, well, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> that's 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 a quarter of my list gone right there. Neat. Good times. Uh, Good times. Yeah. No, I want to say I was playing at my local game store like back in the spring uh, before everything got stupid, and uh, I had Plo Koon at like range three behind a cloud or something like that, and like so I was rolling like four or five dice. Just blank out, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, he he cranked it with a four-shot torpedo, I think, and <laughs> like just just like blew up Plo Koon, and I'm just like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> okay, and it was like turn two or something like that, just turn one or turn two, and I was just crying like, inside. yeah, it was like like that sad cat meme going on right there. <laughs> so uh, the last thing I want to say about 2.0 is, and this is a recent change. So Atomic Mass Games just picked yes. up. X-Wing. So uh, I think after the announcement and after what they showed last week with what the changes, not changes, but what they intend to do with the game, I think a lot of people are kind of like having a deep sigh of relief because it looks like they're going to carry on the awesome game of X-Wing. So, uh, but but what did you think about some of those new boxes they showed off? Uh, So first off, I always like new stuff. Um, New stuff, uh, always good. Yes, as as a as a grown ass adult now, I definitely have a lot of spending cash, walking around money, and everything like that. <laughs> where uh, I'm not traveling as much as I'm used to, so that money just kind of ends up getting funneled into other things. You're just like, ooh, piece of candy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I bought a home gym, so after that, I just I, I don't need to buy anything else now. So, but like I, now, I have an excuse to buy buy new stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it looks like they're they're coming out with, and it's kind of cool because this is what they did with um with their Crisis Protocol game. Is yes. it looks like they're coming out with these squadrons, and I'm willing to bet that there's probably some kind of synergy where it's like, oh, if you bring the full squadron, you get this effect. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I think they haven't implemented, like, there hasn't been any, like, indication that they're going to be doing those type of things quite yet, but I definitely don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility. I think the writing's uh, on the wall with that. I mean, when you I, I do too. about squadrons, um, it's very easy to say, like, and, and it's cool because it's almost like themeless with War Machine, right? Where it's like, you don't have to, but if you do, you get this cool yeah. little benefit. But I, I do wonder. I do wonder whether or not that's going to be geared towards epic play, uh, yeah, as opposed maybe. to uh, like just the base, like like hyperspace and they, extended they, format. They, they did mention that they do because they do the situational battles for mm-hmm. like Crisis Protocol. Yes and, yes, and the woman on the on the stream did say that she's Jones and to do like a Darth Vader themed battle. So it's like yeah. pump up Vader to make him super strong, and then just do a scenario. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board with like scenarios that are available to do things like that. I think the the thing that that gave me the collective sigh of relief was that they were uh, basically saying that the organized play they were going to try to carry that torch forward uh, yep. at least until uh, like 2022, uh, and then that would be the first time that they would like make any like drastic drastic changes to how you do like qualifiers and other things like yeah. that. Um, and like so that that I think mattered quite a bit to me uh, because 
most of my drive uh, for for playing X-wing is about like getting better. And if you have that that uh, achievable uh, thing, uh, like that pie in the sky that you can you can go to for like a uh, a world's qualifier or, or like yeah. a, a a tournament, um, moving the goalpost doesn't feel good. And that's that's kind of where I was sitting at. I was like, man, I, this is how I'm used to playing. This is what I think that the expectations are. Spending more time figuring out what the new expectations are was something that I wasn't looking forward to. Not not opposed to, but just wasn't looking forward to, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, and I know playing in big tournaments, we've gone to mm-hmm. lots of big tournaments. And oh, yeah. you yeah. and I have never won a big tournament, but... Mm-hmm. We've definitely always moved up, tried to move up in ranking as far as like how well we finish in tournaments. Yeah. And and by all means, I think you and I have gotten to a point when we were really competitive that, you know, we finished usually somewhere in the top 30 to 40 percent of those major tournaments. Oh, yeah. At the very least, Um, I think I think when I went to Nova Open for 40K a few years ago, like like back when Tomlinson was still here, like I was in the like top 25 percent. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want to say like when we were doing bug eater and stuff like that, it was the same deal. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so like, it's not, it's not that we were like in contention for like top tables, but we we're definitely like in, in the mix. Uh, if like, uh, we got on a hot streak type thing. I mean, I, I, I always like trying to do better than I did the day before. Uh, I always try to do a little bit better the, the tournament, uh, the next tournament, uh, as I, as I go out. And it's also, when you go out there with like the local tournaments, you're allowed to like, it makes, I feel like I can, I can theory craft a little bit more before I step onto the bigger tournaments. Uh, if that yeah. Happens. Yeah. I mean, you can like, if I'm going to play in a small tournament at my local game store, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more likely to just play like, Oh, this is a fun list that yeah. I made and I'll still do okay. You know, in that mm-hmm. local tournament, but then when you yeah. go to maybe a regional or even mm-hmm. a national tournament, you're like, okay, I need to bring out the big guy. Yeah. Well, and I, and that's that's another thing too that I feel about with X-wing uh, is because of the monetary investment in X-wing, I'm able to to have like a breadth of like possible ideas. I like the, yeah. the, the collection is so much bigger. Like I think for all of the X-wing stuff that I have, it costs maybe about what a tournament army for 40k costs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've played any kind of GW game or War Machine. I mean, you can pick up probably for like, you could probably pick up two full like factions in X-Wing for what you would spend on a few tournament lists for those bigger games like GW and and War Machine. Yeah, I want to say, I I think I mentioned this on like one of your paint casts like a while back, but like uh, I was looking at one of the 40k tournaments and I think the, the Dark Eldar list that like was in the top 10 of it like costs like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, man, oh man, I yeah, that's <laughs> you I, you can you can buy like like however uh, like you could probably buy like almost every single ship in X Wing for Yeah, like, I that, picked that up price. uh I picked up three of the I picked up most of Galactic Empire, most of the um Rebels and then most of um Scum and I actually, sorry, not most of scum because there's so much now. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I picked up a lot of stuff for like uh-huh. two hundred bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely how I got my teeth into it as well. Uh, like the the resale market is is really solid. Yeah. Um, like there's always people like moving stuff around. 
And, you know, I this is going to segue into something else, too. I, I know that this is just kind of a generic podcast about, like, X-Wing and 2.0 and everything like that. But, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about the community real quick. Yeah, I mean, I think you have I, to when you're talking about a game. Yeah, I, I have never been a part of a community that was, like, as welcoming and as not toxic as X-Wing. Hmm, that's kind of surprising. Like, so... Our, our local area for like 40k and everything like that uh like 40k is going to attract a certain ty- type of person back in the day fantasy attracted a certain type of person yep um and then like uh every every one of these other games that i've ever played has like attracted a certain type of person i, n- I never got into competitive for like guild ball or anything like that so i can't yeah. really like uh, speak to that but with x-wing man like people are nice I mean, like, I got I got my ass beat like real hard at like a, a tournament that I went to back in the spring. Yeah. And the guy was the guy across from me was like, "Man, that sucks, bud." Like, like, cause like they they they're all Star Wars nerds, man. They they all like know what it's like to get picked on and bullied and everything like that. And like, I feel like that kind of empathy, like, extends to like wanting to make the community that much more inclusive and better. Well, I also think that it has to do with the theme of the game. I mean, I think that being Star Wars nerds, even if you see like Han just pull off this really cool maneuver and blow something Mm -hmm. up, you you, you almost just like, even though it sucks for you, you almost have this like, yes moment because you're like, he did it. Han got him. Well, yeah. And that, that's the other thing too, is that like, and, and a lot of the other major tournaments I've been to, like, People will jump on you if you miss a trigger and be like, no, no, we can't go back to the board state and everything like that. Like I, I played in tournaments where like, because it's like magic, you have to honor said trigger. If it's like a, a, you have to do this, then you, if we messed up and we missed out on it, you rewind it. The judges will have you rewind and then go to that missed trigger and then go forward. So there's that understanding of like pointing out to your opponent, well, now we have to do this. Well, I've and, also and- noticed with some X-Wing players from the previous edition, but also just mm-hmm. my meta, um, I, I, there's a lot of times, and I say I think you have to do this, especially when you're trying to grow a game, yeah. is there's going to be something that happens and be like, hey, don't forget, you know, your, your Greedo trigger. You know, you can use that. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh, yeah, I forgot I could do that. Or exactly. they'll forget their action. I'm like, uh, you want to take your action? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's the thing is that like because of the way that the back and forth of the the game goes like both players are actively engaged in it it's not like just it's your turn to roll dice it's my turn to roll dice that type of stuff it's it's the the your ship is moving while my ship is going to do this in reaction to your ship moving etc cetera, etc cetera. and that like makes it so that you're more engaged and so by having a more positive uh, attitude even, I guess, is probably the right way to say it. Uh, uh, it makes it so that you have a, a more uh, positive game play experience. Are you telling me that I'm not going to get my whole list blown up turn one? I mean, you can, but that'd be some very unfortunate <laughs> dice rolls, sir. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's outside of the realm of possibility, but like definitively, definitively, there is that rule of 11 uh, going on where like if both small ships move at uh, range man, at like speed five, then in theory, if they both boosted, you could open engage on the first thing. But that's like 
weird. Anyway, so no, no, you're you're almost always never gonna get your whole list blown up on on turn one, and you're almost never gonna get your whole list blown up on the opening engagement either. You I mean, you might get your like, whole list blown up the entire game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's that's the other thing too uh, about it is that like when you play the game with a clock versus not clock, it changes the whole dynamic completely. Because yeah, you, like you get points for half the ship, right? You get half the whole points. You get half the, yep. half the points. Exactly, exactly. So however many hit points that ship has between like hull and shields, if you rip half of those away, then you get half points off the ship. Um, so like I could go through there and like rip half the points off all your ships, and you could down two of my five, and I'd still win. Yep. Or you'd win off of those two uh, two ships based upon like just how much those points uh, those ships cost. Definitely. So, but no, like I said, man, the, the community is, I mean, it's not just my local meta because uh, I've been to Wichita, I've been to Kansas City, I've been to Omaha uh, and played X-Wing there. And like, like I have not run across a, uh, a jerk, like old Tomb King McGee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, like there's like dads bring their sons, uh, like people, people come and like just come because one the joy of of star wars and then two because like like even even at beer and pretzels if you if you just even go into it with a beer and pretzels mentality you can still be competitive so um because like just sometimes like the beer and pretzels mentality like can rule the day if like you'd never seen it before so definitely so looking at all the different factions, we got a couple last things we're going to talk about, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. So out of all the factions there are in X-Wing now, Eric, which one would you say is your favorite faction to fly? <laughs> uh, it's it's Republic. Uh, Republic's what got You're me like really... Word. I know, I know. The Republic's got what well, got me really, really deep into X-Wing when I like first took that gigantic plunge in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was watching Clone Wars, and between Clone Wars and Rebels, I was just like, man, I I get to play with the Jedi, so that's awesome. I'm gonna like hop in and and play with the Jedi and do Jedi things, and it was it was a lot of fun. I'm not I'm not like overly great with them uh, i've never like i don't thump my chest at like doing doing great accolades uh mostly because i i force starve and push myself too much with them but <laughs> they're still super fun to play and like i i think i think that that joy makes it so that they're my favorite and then with them adding in like more of the clone stuff with the the latest like lat expansion and v-wings like it's like they're they're finally starting to feel like the the Grand Army of the Republic type feel. So right. you can have like a Jedi or two, and then a bunch of clones flying around, uh, or you can just fly with a bunch of Jedi, or you can fly with just a bunch of clones, uh, and like just do the things that you want to do. But yeah, no, they're 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 my favorite right now, uh, and probably probably will be. Dude, I, I tell you what, like my favorite faction, and it's it's been my favorite faction, Scum tries to get me away from it. Ah, but yep. the, the Galactic Empire is where I'm at. And I, I'm telling you, I just, I love flying TIE swarms. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, the aces in the Empire. I, yeah. I love the big ships, how you can just, you know, it's almost like you escort your big ships around with it. There's, just oh, a, yeah, lot, yeah. there's a lot of really cool things you can do mm-hmm. with the Empire. And even the bombers in the Empire are fun. So I, I just have a lot of fun with that faction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, 
the 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 empire is definitely i feel like the rebels and the empire are what brings most people to the x-wing game uh, yeah, because like it's, it's 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 like the the iconic stuff and it's it's like the the thing that like yeah gosh golly i get to play with vader or i get to play with luke or or han i i i think that both of those factions model ranges are really really superb but also maintain their own identity because like the tie swarm uh, I mean, going with the philosophy of life is cheap. <laughs> That's great, man. Uh, I mean, you're running around with just a bunch of tie si- tie fighters. I mean, like, uh, have you have you messed around with that uh, rack decimator with Admiral Sloan on it? So, uh, I, perfect segue, Eric, and I'm going to let you pull up your list while I oh, share mine. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna kind of end this with a list that we've really been enjoying playing in 2.0, and it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the lists <laughs> I've been loving. Yeah, is I'm actually I am playing Lieutenant Sai in the Lambda class. Okay, and, okay, and yeah, yeah. it's just you know this gentle space cow floating into <laughs> outer space. It yeah. does it does have Admiral Admiral Sloan on it. So basically, the way this list goes is it has Admiral Sloan on the Lambda. You have I have four Academy pilots, and then I top it off with the fifth brother, and the fifth brother has tracer rounds on it. So. His, the whole goal is, okay, I'm going to get in my nice tie swarm formation. I'm going to get some shots off on you. Fifth brother is going to get it so we can get target locks, which is great. And then, oh, by the way, if you kill any of these tie fighters, you're going to get a bunch of stress. And then I get to reroll hits on you. So yeah, have yeah. fun getting bogged down by, you know, these pilot skill one academy pilots <laughs> straight, oh, out, and- straight out of the academy. Yeah, and and the beautiful thing about that that archetype like that is that the customization that you can put on rack is just so amazing because like if you didn't want to do um if if you wanted to you could find points to put uh, death troopers on there or oh, yeah. find points find points to put Vader on there uh, yep. Vader with BT one gunner um and that that's like congratulations you're gonna get stressed and do all this other fun stuff yeah I mean, the, the, the death troopers are really cool on there oh yeah oh yeah yeah I. And like it's it's a solid chassis. Plus, like the Tie Fighters are just so iconic. And I, I think I think I saw one list uh, a while back that had a couple of uh, Tie Interceptors uh, mm-hmm. instead of uh, all the Tie Fighters. Uh, so they had a couple of Tie Interceptors, and I think I had a couple of uh, Inquisitors with uh, Foresight. Nice. And, like that was that was that was just mean. Dude, Eric, I'm gonna tell you what though. I am, and I'm. I think I'm going to pick up more of them. But mm-hmm. the Thai Advanced V ones, their yes. dials are so fun, dude. Oh my like, god, they're they're like the hobo knife fighter of, <laughs> of the Empire. <laughs> I mean, like all those, uh, like the the repositions plus that the uh, hard one is just so good. Yeah, the blue. It's a blue hard one too. I'm like ninety percent positive. So yeah, you, no, it's a, it's new, a blue hard one. Yep. Yeah, for you new players who are out uh, there, I mean, the blue is what helps you clear your negative tokens off your ships like stress and things like that so you got to have good blue maneuvers if you're going to be stressing yourself out while you're flying around the damn battle well not only that but like if you take the inquisitor uh like just the base yeah the base inquisitor he's an initiative three with a force and then like so if you the barons are, are pretty good yeah, uh, but the difference between the Baron and the Inquisitor, uh, one, it's eight points. The Baron's 28 points, which yeah. is like stupid cheap for the chassis. And then the Inquisitor's 36. But you have it set up so th- because that passive mod with the uh, Force, you can become like so tanky. Uh, because oh, yeah. like you just you just hobo knife fight in there deep. 
and then you you keep your force but you do the uh the evade action and then you have like a three die ship with a, an evade and a force ready and it's just so silly i mean it's <laughs> so silly or or if you need to like uh reposition out you can like boost into a uh into a focus yep so eric what about you what's what's your list that you've been really enjoying as of late but the the one that i i really have been liking is my republic one uh obviously so but it's a uh, pretty much an all clone list and it, okay. it comes in yeah i know right it comes in like right at 200 points so it has four of the gold squadron uh, v19 torrents a 104th battalion pilot arc 170 and then it has the lat gunship with warthog on it okay. uh with uh, clone commander cody as the gunner and so what all this means is uh warthog uh, moves after the rest of the list. The rest of the list all moves at I2. And you form kind of like a, a jousting hate block that just comes in there with the, the uh, V19 torrents. So the V19 torrents are five whole like clone ships that uh, don't have like a great gun on them. But the, I mean, that's just a two die gun with two, strength, two agility. Strength numbers. Yeah, strength and numbers, but it's also five hull. Uh, coming in there, so it's like five hit points um, that's coming in, and then you have the the Arc 170 coming back, uh, coming behind with like the the real meat f- uh, beef firepower and everything. But the kicker behind it is that you're going to try to get into range one of everybody and just like just open up on them uh, while having Warthog sit in the back with his fire convergence. Uh, so fire convergence allows you to uh, it says while a friendly ship performs a non turret attack. Uh, so anything in the front or back arc type thing. The defender, if the defender is in your turret, uh, you can spend one energy, and if you do, the attacker rolls up to rerolls up to two dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so basically, you get a target lock without having a target lock on them. So you can roll in there and uh, like focus. And then use fire convergence if you miss shots to, to go in there. And the the charge is uh, I want to say it's a they have two two energy charges that reoccur one every turn. So it's it's really really silly. Uh, coupled with clone commander Cody that says after you perform an attack that misses, uh, if one or more of your hit or crit results were neutralized, the defender gains a strain token. So warthog cooks into something, and if they cancel out everything, then they get a strain token, which says that the next time that they defend, they're minus one defense die. Uh, but after they defend, the, it goes away. But like you're able to target priority something like that, and it's it's a it's a passive ability that just says if this happens, this happens. So you spend four points and you get this extra benefit. But the the icing on all the the thing, the reason why you take Warthog, the, and the reason why you take a bunch of generics and everything like that, uh, it says after you or a friendly non-limited ship, and non-limited is like a non-named ship or a non-ship that yeah, has like, like the, the dot on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at range zero to two are destroyed during the engagement phase. That ship is not removed until the end of the phase. Oh, so it gets to shoot anyways. Yeah. Pretty so good. like so you you have a bunch of these zombie clone troopers like cooking <laughs> into things and it's like cool uh your ace that's counting on like nuking the crap out of this ship before it gets to fire back well you're you're gonna get shot at still it's like a nerd uh, yeah pretty much i mean so you you have like the boba fett's or the big fatty ships that can have a lot of guns put on it mm-hmm. like that that thrive off of like yeah i'm just gonna nuke this ship and it's like cool solid well he's dead 
but he's still going to get a fire and he's still going to cook his mods off. Take these so. three, three dice at range one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it, that, that one's a super fun list to play, especially, especially when you, because you just have so much beef, you have so much like, uh, hit points. Cause <laughs> like with the, with the torrents, you have 20, 20 hit points between all four of those. And then like another nine with the, the arc one seventy. I want to say, uh, another like seven, no, another 10 with the warthog, uh, with the, the lat. So you have like damn near 40 hit points. Yeah, and I, I know you're similar to me, Eric, where you have all these multiple lists for playing against these different opponents. And uh-huh. I actually, I actually yelled at one of our guys in in our meta because you you know Evan in our group, and he he basically was playing this like Geary Boba nonsense, and uh-huh. I was like, stop playing this against new people. This is yeah, not good. Yeah. Well, and and that's that's where I was coming with uh, negative play experience is that like you want to try to have it set up so that's a win win. And like, yeah, sure. You can, you can play like Guri or Boba or like just tone both of them the hell down. (laughs) I I, I think even Guri without much on it can be frustrating for newer players. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just because of the way that that, that, uh, that barrel roll works, that barrel roll is silly. uh, Like how it works. So especially if you take like collision detector or anything like that. So, well, Eric, we got a lot of uh, star Wars in how you feel. (laughs) I mean, like I like talking, so <laughs> I don't know my, if people my, like listening, but my, my my wife has accused me of being a chatty Kathy. So, well, dude, uh, <laughs> I tell you what. So, if you're hanging out with a bunch of nerds and Eric's in anywhere around you, Eric's gonna <laughs> find some random old person to talk to about the weather or the corn. No, or, um, I'm not. I'm not gonna find them. They're gonna find me. It's like a sixth sense or something <laughs> like they're like, oh gosh, golly, there's a dude that will talk to me. Oh man! So Eric, any uh, any kind of shout outs or anything you just want to plug real quick before we uh, get out of here? Oh, I don't I don't really have too many like shout outs or anything. I I, I do I do like uh, I really like my gaming group. Uh, Manhattan Marauders are, are really really fun to play with, and they're they're a great bunch of guys. Uh, Brian, that, uh, Justin, and Jason. Is that the Big Apple or the Little Apple? Uh, that that is the Little Apple. I am in I am in Manhattan, <laughs> Kansas, sir. Um, the 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 best apple, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Good old Kansas. I know, I know, right? I, it is. It's like six degrees here right now, man. It is yeah, so fucking cool. that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I think the wind chill uh, puts it like definitely negative. But like Saturday, it's supposed to be like negative sixteen. So straight up, though, so, I do, I do want to shout out this for you, though. And yeah, kind yeah. of started talking about it with your, with your marauding group there. Mm-hmm. But I think mi- the Midwest war gaming for any tabletop gaming. You don't sleep on the Midwest boys now. They'll mess you up. I mean, like we we have some really solid X Wing players. If you guys pay attention to any of the the uh, online stuff or like went back when in person play was a thing, uh, like Manhattan had a couple of dudes that made it to uh, the X Wing Worlds uh, World Cup, which is like the 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 big big uh, the mecca of things. It's like yeah. Uh, what, what everything gets the the culmination of inv- invites to. I Jason got one and Justin got one nice. uh, last year for uh, for it. Well, I mean, I think it's 2019 uh, now. So, uh, and then like up in KC, they had like two or three, and then like a couple of down in Wichita. I mean, yep. like uh, for for a tournament that's supposed to be bringing people from all over the country and then world uh, to it. I mean, I know of at least like seven or eight from like within an hour and a half drive, two hour drive of me. So, nice. I. 
it's just something to thump my chest on. It's like, yeah, I'm getting my teeth kicked in by some really good players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was the thing, right? Like, and that's where I kind of started getting my competitive play kind of honed in because, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd always go to like Omaha, we'd go down to Texas, Denver. Yep. And just play against some really solid players who really know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. So don't sleep on the Midwest. I mean, everybody always likes to talk about the left and right coast, but Midwest <laughs> has something to say for sure. I mean, we're, we're trying anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, re- remember that. I th- Well, I mean, honestly, Eric, you can come on anytime to shoot the shit about X-Wing. We'll, we'll figure out some more X-Wing contact, content to put out there for people. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always game to talk. So. Uh, yeah, I also <laughs> need to get your, some write some stuff on the old uh, ragequitwire.com website. For oh, me. fair enough. Yeah, uh, do some collabs on that. There so. you go. I gotta, I can once again try not to make too big of an ass of myself. There, there's a lot of people that know a lot more stuff than I do about X Wing. Well, I also so. find that, I mean, and I agree with that because, I mean, I've been writing stuff for Malifaux the first couple of weeks here. The site's been live, and I mean, people will be like, ah, I think you kind of need to include this or that. I'm like, hey, man, comment on the thread. You know, yep. I don't pretend to know everything about any game. But I, I do reflect a lot upon it, and I will think about, you know, like what I think and feel about it. And mm-hmm. by all means, I mean people have changed my minds about lots of topics, so definitely well, go on there and leave a comment. Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing too. Is that like meta and playstyle and everything like that's per, uh, based based upon your own perceptions of your current playgroup area. Yep. And if you're if you're not expanding it by like networking and I mean that's that's essentially what going to tournaments is is networking. Yep. If you're not expanding like your uh, outlook at the game by networking or like listening to other podcasts, listening to like people chatting at, at tournaments and what have you, then then you're you're stagnating. And unless you're like you were just like God's gift to whatever game you're playing, uh, you're you're probably going to get left behind. Uh, yeah, so. and, and I do agree with that because I mean, you look at a year and a half ago, this podcast was primarily focused on Guild Ball. Mm-hmm. Now we've expanded it to Malifo, which I just started playing a little over a year ago. So, I mean, and I've, I've gotten significantly better at Malifaux. I know most of the factions, rules, and stuff like that. And I'm getting back into X-Wing. And I'm starting to learn the cards and what the different pilots do. So, don't let that, you know, you don't know as much mm-hmm. silent. It's basically stop you from gathering knowledge and trying to get better and speaking up. Uh, because, by all means, I mean, there's tons of podcasts that know more about this than I do. But I intend to gain more knowledge and, you know... Heavy lies the crown for the one on top. We're <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 our the listeners are coming for you. The 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 collaborations between communities is like some of the the best that, that I've uh, best ways to to improve the overall health of any game that you're playing. Yeah, I usually put uh, my foot in the door and then I talk to other podcasts in the game and and collaborate once I get my mouth out there and people you know like to talk shit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I. Like what was it? Uh, you were like doing a bunch of networking with with the guild ball stuff and everything like that oh, before. Yeah. And I I was listening to your podcast back when then they were doing that, and you'd have like people from uh, like some of the bigger you know, gaming clubs and everything. So. Oh yeah, I mean we um so we've inter we interviewed some of the developers for guild ball. Uh, we're <laughs> also talking with Weird for Malifaux, and we're getting hopefully going to get a chance to interview some of their developers here soon. So that's exciting. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's always, it's always good to, to the insights directly from the people that are creating it. Um, that's right. So, 
Yep. But if you want to support the podcast directly, you can always check us out on patreon.com slash ragequitwire. You can donate as little as a dollar and, you know, just whatever you want to support to help us keep the lights on. We actually got a goal up where if we get to 20 patrons, we're going to go ahead and start putting out. Uh, it's probably going to be two videos a month. We've started putting out almost one a month, but we put an X-Wing out. We put out a Malifaux uh, video battle report, and we're going to start adding some lights and stuff to really improve the quality and get some more cameras on it. Uh, but I do want to thank the patrons for their support because without them, I mean, I wouldn't buy this stuff off my own money because, you know, life. And I got to buy my oh, models. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> So check us out on social media. Check out the website once again, ragequitwire.com. And I mean, with that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and roll some dice, throw some salt, and we'll see you all next time. Take care.